Here's my secret. It is very simple. It is only with the heart that one can see rightly. What is essential is invisible to the eye. Those are some of the words from the beautifully optimistic children's book, The Little Prince, by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. And I'm John Fanning, and this is the Create with John Fanning podcast. How's it going out there? Hope you're all doing well. And this is episode 12 of my series of episodes on imagination and creativity based around my book, Create. So last time I talked about myths and lies, and today I want to talk about other walls, uh, such as trolls and what I call human walls, and about courage. And I suppose one way of looking at it would be to say we have to start thinking from our heart mind, um, not our crotch mind. (laughs) Um, So thoughts of other bodies entering them, touching them, etc., is what I see as the mind of our crotch. Thoughts of compassion, kindness and oneness come from our heart mind. And we have to have the courage to create from our heart mind, from compassion and kindness for others, not condemnation and troll-like behavior. Um, So courage itself literally means heart, uh, because it comes from the old French word uh, for heart, cœur. So it means to have heart, to have the heart to do something. To create, you have to be so courageous, um, true to yourself. The existential psychologist Ronald May wrote a whole book about this very idea. It was called uh, Courage to Create. It's a great book. And as many mystics and indigenous people would say, the heart is what we're forgetting. We're forgetting that the heart has a mind of its own, apart from the mind in our heads or crotches. And there are places like uh, HeartMath, like institutes that actually study this. So we have to have the courage not to be blinded by the billboards to what is really important. Because the billboards only appeal to our base instinctual drives, the crotch mind, what I call the crotch mind. And yes, survival is a creative act and people survive wars and famines. Um, um, But... To to procreate is the crotch mind, but to get beyond the create the procreation mind or the crotch mind and the basic survival mind, uh, we have to have the courage to embrace compassion and compassion being uh, the suffering or suffering wit coming from Latin calm wit and then passio the suffering of others so the and to understand and have compassion for diasporas um who are being courageous to survive um 
which is a creative act. Instead of being passive, giving up, and we, we've got to keep going and find the heart to create, like those diasporas, a better life. So courage itself is a virtue, um, a, a virtue to be bold. And we all have something profound and wonderful to give to the world. Uh, it doesn't mean it has to be some huge thing. Uh, it could be something very small um, and something that's not even mentioned. Uh, but we have to be audacious about it. Um, and we have to see it and accept it, whatever we're creating, as something that's going to be great, even if it's just us. It's not a question of whether it deserves to get out there, but it needs to get out there for us and then as a byproduct to others. So that's courage. Uh, others will you say you're being delusional if you start to talk about what it is you're trying to create. And that's fine because that's what you have to do to become what I called in, it was episode eight, uh, black sheep. If you become the black sheep, you have to, have the courage to be so. You allow and encourage, which means to be in courage, to encourage yourself uh, to be joyful about what you're creating. And um, I particularly like a line that Tina Fey used in an acceptance speech uh, in 2008 when she, was, she got um, a Best Actress Emmy. And in her list of thanks, she said, I'd like to thank my parents for giving me confidence that is disproportionate to my looks and abilities. Uh, that is what all parents should do. And that's where courage can come from, from being in encouraging. And this kind of brings us to how we, we pay courage forward as such. Because who, who cares what others expect of you? It's difficult to get into that mindset. Um, but w when you're criticized by trolls, those nasty hidden social media ones, or the ones in plain view, you have to accept it and allow it to make you stronger because it's not about what happens to us that's important. It's about how we adapt to it, our attitude to criticism and setbacks. We have to have what an, an American psychologist, Carol Rogers, called uh, an internal locus of evaluation, where we rely on our own internal value system. Um, as soon as we start to look externally, irrespective of whether it's positive or negative criticism, we lose sight of our own internal judgment, our own inner nature and purpose. So... If you remember, um, you create, but you also create your own life. You can also recreate a life because life is possibility. You may make or create something bad, uh, but you can learn from it. It's something that I've talked about before and we'll talk about again um, when I talk about specific doors, especially about failure. Um, so we have to see it as a blessing, the possibility to create again something better to create something better the next time and your resource to do this is courage um also there, there's another part to attacks to your creative heart 
uh, as the cliche goes, does the can do and does the can't criticize? Um, critics and trolls are everywhere. Most of the time they're unhappy creatives or creative negators, as I said before the, in the earlier episodes. They actually enjoy taking apart creators. So you, you only have to go on to Amazon and look at any book with an, an average of 4.5. For the most part, the book is very good. But look at the one-star reviews. There'll be at least 5 to 10 in every 200. And what do they say? They, they, they say the exact opposite to all the other reviews. <clears throat> Excuse me. Unfortunately for the writer, this is simply people who don't like their kind of book. The reader probably bought it because it had a literary cover when it was a fantasy novel or vice versa. And when it wasn't what it was on the box, the reader got angry and one-starred the book. So it wasn't based on content but because it wasn't what they actually read. So accidental critics and trolls, people who have no interest in what you're creating, are out there in every field. Never mind the ones that are just angry, irrespective if they were misled to read your book or not. Um, so, But how do you deal with them? Quite simply, you ignore them. It's difficult, but as a blogger told me once, let your people or your readers, your audience take care of them. The nastier they are, the, the more your people will defend you. No matter what you do, don't defend yourself. Because that's what trolls love. They want a reaction. It's this um, extreme emotional reaction that they want. They don't want a response, i.e. not saying anything. So trolls don't always hide in dark places either. They're not always under a bridge like in, a, in the fairy tales. They can, be, they, begin, they can be close to you. Family, friends, colleagues, colleagues, colleagues. <laughs> um, remember when I talked about uh, villains and when I was talking about family, uh, a lot of these people may not even know how harmful they're being. When they say things that hurt you uh, about your creativity, it's natural. How can they understand unless they too created something and had it taken apart, which doesn't happen that often. Yes, it can in many fields, but for a creator like who's consistently creating, um, it can happen a lot more than, than most. And I call these people human walls as opposed to trolls. Um, so you've, you picked up your pen or your business plan instead of blue screens distracting you this human wall appears as you walk into your office studio or garage uh, and and what are human walls well they they can be friends or family or acquaintances or or other creators or people you work with they're basically emotional distractions and one of my friends actually calls them crazy makers. And I have an artist friend who actually calls them freak shows. He says they're always putting on a great charismatic show, but that's that's all it is, a show. And in the end, they waste his painting time by going on about their recent drama, um, whether it's a boyfriend or sibling rivalry or their poor dog. And nearly always when he's when he's about to sit down with the paintbrush to start work 
have a, like a, an amazing sense of timing for interruption. Um, so we we've all had this. Um, anytime you these these human walls. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, another friend. Uh, he's a winemaker. Uh, he calls them energy vampires. And they're always criticizing his wine, but at the same time, they never give him any positive feedback. So they look for what's wrong with the way the grape was harvested or blended or presented in a bottle or how it was represented on a, on the label. And they and they, but the thing is, they 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 continue to buy his wine by the box, so they they must like it. But they they're forever telling him how he needs to change this and that, even though they have no idea what they're talking about. And when all he wants to do is go work on a blend or spray or or bottle or or just eat his lunch, um, so these human walls are not always in your face freak shows. Though they can be very subtle in their crazy making. So, an example of that would be um, an established English art critic um, once went in, into the studio at Lemieux's. Uh, for any again, for any of you who don't know uh, what Le Muse is, uh, it's a retreat down the south of France uh, for writers and artists, directors, uh, all types of creative people. Uh, we found myself and my wife founded it about twenty years ago, and then we sold it, and it's still going. Um, so, anyway, this English art critic, um, she. Um, went into the studio at Lemuse and there was a Canadian and an American artist in there painting and they they each uh, had paintings on the walls on tables on easels and she she said nothing she simply walked around pausing at each canvas making faces you know just like you know raising an eyebrow or you know scrunching her face so when she left both artists stopped painting they were both really upset and just completely thrown off. It'd be like, uh, you know, it'd be like a, a writer if you're in, you know, typing and somebody just comes into the room and looks over your back. So anyway, at the end of the three weeks on retreat, the critic had never said one word about any of their paintings or art. So both, both of the artists said it was worse than her saying their work was like absolute shit. Uh, uh, the American artist called her uh, that woman from then on. Um, so that woman, as she called her, uh, she she's a human wall. Uh, so from that day, we asked everyone not to go into the studio at Lemuse unless they they were using it or unless they were invited in. So you learn by. Uh, finding out what it is that you should and shouldn't have in a studio and you definitely don't want human walls uh, all you need are the physical ones that people can put their canvases and up on or easels against or so they can actually create and not be criticized um so make sure you tell people they are not allowed into the place you create especially when you're creating um, stephen king calls it uh, closing the door so this includes family and those we love. The The creative space is just that. It's a space for creation, um, for creating. 
It's it's kind of like what French people say to cyclists going up a steep incline or to someone having a hard time getting their work done. Courage. Courage. So you have to have courage and you have to have the heart and take heart to ignore the trolls and ignore the human walls, to have the strength to say no and strength to close that door like Mr. King. So that's basically what I wanted to say today. Uh, short and sweet. Um, just the idea of courage and trolls and human walls. And to go up against them, we just have to be aware of them first and then have the courage, have the heart to either ignore or create a space where we do not have to deal with them and to understand that somebody looking at your over your shoulder at a painting while you're in a studio is just like someone looking over and reading a paragraph for a writer you know you need that space time and silence and space to create so have courage um have heart and ignore the trolls and the human walls but be aware of them, understand what they are. So, thanks for listening. I started with a quote from an American, and as usual, I'm going to end with an Irish proverb. Uh, This one literally means, there's no truth to story without an author, which basically means, how can you trust a story or myth if the person telling it is not there? So, ni fuschgel gonudar. Ni fuschgel gonudar. So, this, as I always say, is podcast is supported by you, the listener, um, via my Patreon page. And if you want to support the podcast and help me out, and head over to patreon.com, P A T R E O N.com, forward slash John Fanning, where you can get. This this episode uh, early, and if you can't afford it, that's all cool as well. Um, just try and subscribe on iTunes or tell other people about it, uh, so the listenership gets gets stronger. And um, if you want to li- listen to or see other ones, other uh, episodes, then just go on to johnfan.me or and hit podcast. And if you want to check out social stuff from there as well, so. It's been great sharing stuff with you today. So until next time when I'm going to probably talk about ageism and retirement, take care out there and be benevolent when you can. Shlan live August Gunnari and Bowerlive.